Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 208 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm super excited to be connecting with you this week. And I just want to give a big shout out to the new listeners here. Welcome, welcome. If we don't know each other, my name is Veronica, and I'm so excited to get to know you. And the best place to connect with me is on Instagram, Veronica E. Grant, and also my website, veronicagrant.com forward slash contact. You can drop me a note and tell me a little bit about yourself. I respond to all of my emails and I would love to hear from you. And also, I encourage you to scroll down through the archives on your podcast player and just check out any of the episode titles that resonate for you. And if you go over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, there you can get all the archives to this podcast and you can search for topics that are interesting to you. And I've also got some episodes there that are the most popular and also the episodes that I think are really great to start with. So if you're like a little overwhelmed, you're like, oh God, where do I start? Then those episodes are going to be really, really great for you. So again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. Okay, I'm really excited about today's topic. And I know I always say that, but actually, it's so funny. Ayla brought up this question in our coaching conversation today. And I literally was like, oh my gosh, this same question has come up at least four or five times over the last month with my clients. So I don't know if there's something in the cosmos right now that's like bringing up all of this. But the question is, how do you know if you're being triggered or if someone is simply being unkind, aka kind of a jerk. And I know this can feel especially hard to decipher if you've never experienced healthy relationships with your parents or in romantic partners before. But it's a really important one to grasp because 
If you think every time that you're getting upset, it's because you're too emotional or it's your own stuff, that leaves you super open to emotional abuse like manipulation and gaslighting. So my conversation takes lots of twists and turns and we cover tons of ground. Everything from being triggered versus someone being unkind to the mother wound, asking for help, being vulnerable and being independent. So make sure you listen to the end because I list out some action steps for you to take. And you may also want to take some notes of this episode. We really cover so much. I also wanted to let you know that if you've ever wanted to ask me a question or get coached by me, I'd love to have you. So go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast and scroll to the bottom of the page to learn how to sign up. Your question can be about inner child work, relationships, dating, finding your passion, work-life balance, or if you are a new or an aspiring coach, it can be around mindset and coaching and business and all that kind of fun stuff. Honestly, I think all coaching is life coaching because essentially it all goes back to you. You are the common denominator in your own life. So again, if you want to be coached by me, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast and sign up for your slot. All right, now to my coaching conversation with Ayla. Hi, Ayla. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi. So my question is about how I can identify when I'm having a reaction to something that is an inner child reaction mm-hmm. yeah, and tools for supporting myself through that. So to give you an example, you know, something maybe goes wrong or I have some sort of disagreement with someone and I, I have like a very strong reaction to it, even though in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that big of a deal. And I know that, but I'm still having the reaction. How do I know that's like an inner child thing? Well, it seems like you know that you're being triggered, right? Well, I know that I feel heavy and not good. I wanted to swear, but I won't swear. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you can say whatever you want in the show, but <laughs> I get that. You know, when you so, just are angry and you feel yeah. like shit, so you know something's off, but you're not really aware that it's it's a trigger right away. It's because you're in the spiral. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Well, part of that just comes with practice and I won't leave you just with that response. We'll, we'll dig in a little bit more, but you know, I just want to stay up front that it does come with practice just to understand, okay, this is me being triggered. And there's a part of me that just wants to react right now because it's bringing up some sort of fear or some sort of core wound. And over time, you'll be able to catch yourself in those moments and then react or more like respond accordingly rather than react in ways that are our habits or patterns. So would you say your question is more about like, how do I catch myself in those moments? Or how do I know if it's a trigger versus maybe someone's just crappy behavior? So the reason that I wanted to speak to you is because I heard another episode of your podcast where you were talking about inner child work. And I thought, oh, that sounds like something that I need to do. But also, how do I know that it's an inner child thing that's being triggered versus like, no, that was just like a bad thing that happened. And so you're just annoyed as an adult at that thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So based on what you've heard from my episodes, how would you define the difference? I want to help you, but I also don't want to just tell you, I want you to, you know, be able to come to your own understanding of it. Well, I think I would have to be able to know that that was something that I experienced when I was younger, but that's the part that I'm having a hard time getting. Okay. Okay. So when you feel triggered, is there a recent example that inspired this question or inspired this call or just the podcast that you listen to? No, but I know that like, I'm very sensitive to when people 
critique me. Okay. And what happens for you when someone critiques you? I just get uncomfortable and I kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are the situations in which people are critiquing you? Like, was it feedback that you asked for? Is it no, it's always feedback that I don't ask for. And if it's someone that I respect, I actually, it doesn't bother me. But if it's unsolicited advice from someone that I feel like isn't an expert and is offering their opinion, it just like really fires me up. Yeah. Well, that would fire most people up, I think. (laughs) See, I think what's really important when we're doing inner child work and we're understanding our triggers and our core wounds and everything, sometimes I find that we can go too far over to the side where anytime we get upset, anytime we get angry, anytime there's any kind of quote unquote negative emotion, we're like, oh gosh, I'm being triggered. This is my inner child. She's pissed. Like what's going on here? I need to like do the digging or whatever. But it's totally possible sometimes that someone was just an asshole and you got pissed. You know what I mean? I mean, I think unsolicited feedback is one of the most infuriating things in the entire world. I mean, it can be like different situations, especially if it's like a man trying to give me advice on how I should run my business. Like, I just want to give them like the double bird. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you. Like, I didn't ask. If I want to ask, then I'll ask. Like, if I want information. So I'm not sure that at least in the situation or the example that you're giving me, it's really an inner child thing because, I mean, first of all, like I do think that critique is difficult, like even if it's something that we ask for, right? Like if I ask for feedback on my podcast or on my business, I could get like 99 amazing responses and emails and I can get one thing that's like critical and it could be like that one thing that just like makes me just feel sorry for myself and want to eat my emotions for the next 24 hours, right? So I think there is a normal human response to that. Now, that's not to say it's not affecting my inner child. It's not to say your inner child isn't getting somewhat poked either. But when it comes to unsolicited feedback, like I just think that's kind of a jerk thing to do when people just feel entitled always to share their opinions because I mean, who knows why? It doesn't really matter, (laughs) but they do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So back to my original question, how do you know when it's inner child that's that's upset? Well, do I have to have the awareness of knowing what sort of traumas I experienced when I was younger or sort of... Yeah. I think it's a number of things. I think, yeah, I think having an awareness of what your core, some of your core wounds are. So let me ask you, do you know what some of your core wounds are related to? I think trust of maternal figures. Okay. As I, I don't have a good relationship. Well, I have a better relationship with my mom, but historically not great and never really had a foundation of, of trust there. Okay. So I think that's a big one that maybe filters into a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And how does it filter and how does it play out? I think I just generally don't know that people have my best interests at heart is a way I would put it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when that inner child (laughs) or when that core wound does get activated, what happens or what's your reaction? I probably am judgmental towards the other person or just very standoffish, like not myself. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to spend time with them. So I don't, uh, I'm not very friendly. Probably I'm cold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And where do you feel that in your body? When I'm talking about it, I feel it in my face, but when I'm experiencing it, it's in my head. How do you feel in your head? Like you like you get like a headache or a pounding or what? Just like racing thoughts. What's the emotion coming up? 
I just don't talk about it a lot. So yeah. it's probably just from lack of expression, mm-hmm. like coming out as I'm talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you think you don't talk about it a lot? Because I think of myself as being like a strong person who like can deal with my own problems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to you to be someone who has emotion or who can't deal with all their problems by themselves? I don't know. Just I think because I grew up, like, I'm really independent. So I just, I've only ever been able to depend on myself. And uh, it's just not something that I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think that the, like, the mistrust that I have for some people, it just, it's probably more negative for me than it is for anyone else because I just like probably create this big narrative and then I get like all anxious and wound up and my body gets really tight. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just. So what's the narrative that you tell yourself or the story that you tell yourself, you know, when someone is critical of you or gives you unsolicited feedback? I don't know. I just don't, I guess I just like don't, understand why people do it well you know sometimes it can be both right we're talking okay with someone just being an asshole or are you being triggered and sometimes it can be both right like it can be incredibly annoying to receive critical or unsolicited feedback as you know we've both expressed and it can be annoying and it can also be be triggering it can be triggering this part of you that believes like, I don't need anyone. I'm independent. I can figure everything out because you said that you get really judgmental when you go into your triggered state. And so you're judging the other person. You're like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're dumb. And, or I don't know what the exact words are, but basically that. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be both. Does that make sense? It can be both like a inner child trigger and just like a general reaction to the present moment kind of thing? hundred percent. hundred percent. I say generally when your reaction is greater to the thing that actually happened or happens or is happening, generally that's a sign that you're being triggered, right? Like if someone gives you unsolicited feedback and again, I think for most of us, it's incredibly annoying. So to feel annoyed, to feel a little pissed, to let it get under your skin, I'd say that's fairly normal. I wouldn't call that alone being triggered. If you get like really pissed and you just like really stew on it and maybe you go talk to your best friend about it, like it just really gets under you, like in a way that's more than just like, that was really annoying or that was asshole thing to do or whatever, then that's a sign of yourself being triggered. And you might not notice it in that moment. You might, you might not, but either way, and that specific example, at least, that's also another situation of your boundaries being crossed without your permission. Yeah. Right. And that's when it becomes back on you to say, I really appreciate that you're trying to help. If I have any questions or I need your help in the future, I'll definitely let you know. It's like a thank you, but <laughs> kind of thing. Right. But then we've got to look at your little girl. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, we can't just pretend like we can just set all these boundaries and then whatever's getting triggered is going to go away. Cause fortunately it doesn't really work like that. Right. So what are the, what are some things I can do 
Well, it sounds like you have some awareness, you know, that this is related to mom. So what specifically with your mom stands out? Like, was it just a dynamic in the relationship? Was it a, there a specific event, big or small, that sticks out in your mind as where this night bond started? I think like we just never bonded. So there's never been that kind of mother-daughter dynamic that I've seen that other people have. And I never have really talked to her about anything important. We're cordial now because I kind of made a decision as an adult that I'm the more mature conscious being and I'm just going to forgive her and kind of go with it because it was like both of us just push each other's buttons and we just fight and it's just annoying for for everyone in the family. But it's just like even recently – I didn't ask her to come with me to pick out my wedding dress because I just knew that it wouldn't be a good idea. But when she saw it, she told me she didn't like it. So just like stuff like that. Yeah. But my whole life. Yeah. So I can relate to this a lot. (laughs) Um, One thing that I'm noticing is first, I just want to acknowledge that you decided to be the more mature adult in the situation just be like you know what I'm just going to you know decide to be cordial and get along with my mom for the benefit of me and the rest of my family that's a lot that's a huge decision to not just play out the same dynamic over and over again and I don't want to say like the problem with that is because it's not a problem that you did that I would say the missing piece might be the better way to put it the missing piece is that by doing that you ultimately spiritually bypassed yourself. And what I mean by spiritually bypass is you didn't allow yourself to feel the real pain of not having like a mother figure. Like I know you had a mom like biologically, but in terms of having that mothering, that nurturing, that's a big wound. That's a big void in your life, right? And by deciding to have a cordial relationship with your mom in adulthood, while it might've made some things in your life now a little easier to manage, especially when it comes to wedding planning and family stuff, it doesn't negate the real pain of not having that mother figure in your life. And I think that's why you continue to get triggered by other people. It's interesting that it seems like your mom's pretty critical of you and isn't really like... (laughs) doesn't really have a filter (laughs) with that. Like, and so it's not surprising now that I know all of this, that unsolicited feedback. Yeah. It's annoying for everybody, but it's really, really triggering because it really bumps up against that mother thing because it reminds you unconsciously of the mom you had rather than mom you didn't have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If today's conversation resonated with you and this feels like something you need, it's possible. There are spots right now available to work with me privately. Together, we can unravel your dating patterns, clear your love blocks, and get you into the relationship you desire and deserve by digging into your constitution, your childhood, and your previous relationships. Working with me privately means I can meet you where you're at and hold your hand through the process. It doesn't matter if you've never done this work or you've been doing it for years. All that matters is that you're done with where you're at and you're ready to find love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest the time and money in radically changing your life. To explore if this is the right fit for you, please visit me at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to learn more and schedule your introductory call with me. So, you know, 
when it comes to your work, there's always like, when I, when I talk to my clients, I always say like, there's like the homework, like the thing you're actually going to sit down and like, as if you were doing a homework assignment. And then there's also the real time stuff. And the real time stuff are the tools and the things that you do or say differently in real time that help you to navigate the situation. But it's much easier to do that when you've actually sat down and done some of the work. And I mean, there's a couple of things that I would say to you, but the first thing is you've got to just remother yourself. You didn't have the love that you wanted from your mom. And, you know, barring some miracle, you're probably not going to get it. Even so, we couldn't make that hope of like, maybe one day it'll happen because that's just a recipe for, you know, going to a sushi place and winning tacos or whatever. <laughs> it's just not going not gonna to work very well. And so I think in terms of mothering yourself, I mean, you can physically mother yourself, the things that you wish your mom said to you that she did for you. Like, what would it look like? You know, even if you're imagining your, do you have a child now? No. Okay. So imagining a future child, if you have no desire to have children, imagine like a future or a current niece or nephew, or even like a friend's child. And just imagine like, how would you mother them or nurture them through, you know, through something or just in general, not even through something hard, but or the things you would say, would you put your arm around them? Would you rock them? Would you give them a hug? You can literally do all of those things for yourself. So really spend some time doing that. The next thing is you said you really pride yourself on your independence. I've done a few episodes about independence. I highly recommend you listen to those. But first of all, independence is like a complete myth, right? <laughs> Unless like you're literally, you know, growing your own food and making your own clothes, like you need other people, right? Like we need each other in order to have a society. That's just how <laughs> society works. And it's how also relationships work. No, I get that. I just, I guess what I mean is I know I can depend on myself is kind of the crux of it. And so I will default to making sure that I'm going to get stuff done versus like asking other people to do it. Mm-hmm. What would it be like for you to ask for help? Like little and big things. Like it can be, can you help me move this box to, can you help me? I'm feeling really down right now. Can I, can I vent to you or whatever? I mean, what would it feel like to ask for those types of things? I mean, does it feel doable? Does it feel scary? Does it feel like, yeah, I could do that. No big deal. It feels like I could do that. It just also feels like I would, I don't think I would ask someone to do something that I could do myself. Why not? I don't know. I just wouldn't. I would just do it. Mm-hmm. Unless I physically couldn't, you know, then I would ask for someone to help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what about if it's not like a physical thing? I mean, you know, you reached out to me, you asked for help. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's a good point. Right. Sometimes you might need, you know, your friend, a friend just like, hey, I just need to talk. Can we go to dinner? Can I, you know, treat you to a coffee or something? Like, I just need an ear to listen. I think it's just uncomfortable for me. Like, even crying right now is like, it almost feels like very vulnerable, very like, kind of embarrassing. I'm certainly not judging you. And I'm quite sure the listeners listening aren't judging you. Probably crying right along with you. (laughs) Just it's, it's hard to, to just be so like honest about, uh, about stuff that's like very deep. Yeah. It is hard. Right. Obviously, I like to think, and I think it's fairly true that I 
at least in this situation, you know, with our call right now, I keep a safe and open space, non-judgmental space. You don't always get that guarantee when you're being open or crying to someone or being vulnerable with your partner or a friend or, or whoever. So, you know, it's normal and it is necessary to have some of that fear because that fear can drive your discernment. Is this person safe or is this person not safe to be open with? Right. And with the upbringing with your mom, you learn that no one was safe to be open and vulnerable with and showing emotion is just going to create all sorts of problems. And so it's just better to not do it and just grin and bear it and just kind of go through the motions and just make it simple or whatever. Yeah. Like essentially put my needs on hold. Exactly. And and deal with it like privately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want you to make a practice of asking for help from people. And it seems to me like it's not that big of a deal for you to ask someone to like, you know, help you move something that feels heavy. If you physically can't do it, that seems to me feels like it's a little easier for you. So I'm going to encourage you to look for the more intangible ways you need support. What's your relationship like with your partner? He's wonderful. He's very supportive. and He knows about everything with my mom and very encouraging in terms of me sort of reconciling the relationship with her. I do ask him for help, but I don't think that I do that a lot with friends. And I I never did it with anyone before him. Yeah. So I think that would be really wonderful. I'm so glad that you're able to find him. That's amazing. So happy for you. And, you know, I don't know, you know, obviously everything, the dynamic with him, but if you do ever find yourself holding back, you know, how you feel about something, if you find yourself holding back from crying, if you find yourself not wanting to ask him for his opinion or just for him to listen or whatever it is, you know, obviously encourage you to do that, but I especially encourage you to do that with some friends. And I'm also just speaking for myself here too. It can feel really kind of like being a burden or, I mean, at least how I feel when I ask for, especially emotional support from friends. The truth is, is that I think people feel really honored when you ask them for help. I'm like, cause you're turning to me, (laughs) you want my help? You know, it feels really good. Yeah. I think the part where I struggle is it's vulnerability, particularly with his family. So I think probably another area. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what his family's like, but again, like being vulnerable and practicing this vulnerability that I want you to practice, it does not mean you're just going to be vulnerable to everyone, right? Like there's still discernment, right? And so the fear that you've carried around for so long about have to keep everything to myself, can't share anything, can't ask for help, whatever. I don't want you to think that part of you is wrong or bad because that part of you, you needed to develop that part of you in order just to keep sane with your mom growing up, right? And so now that part of you, it's just expired, right? It wasn't bad. It did what it needed to do during that time in your life. And now at this point, it's just expired and you just tweak it a little bit. So instead of saying, I'm going to get rid of the sphere of vulnerability, you say, I'm going to tweak the sphere of vulnerability and use it as discernment. Is this person safe to be vulnerable with or not? And I don't know your partner's family. They may or may not be. 
you may or may not know right now. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I don't want you to think that you just have to like go practice and be, being vulnerable with your mom or with just, you know, any Joe Schmo walking down the street. <laughs> there is a pretty strong vulnerability involved. So your practice here is like remothering yourself, nurturing yourself, practicing, asking for help, especially from friends, but really just other people in your life that you're close to or want to be closer to emotionally. And then in those moments, you know, going back to the original question, when you do feel triggered, when someone is saying something to you, whether it's someone is offering unsolicited advice or some other situation where you might feel triggered. Again, it'll take practice. It'll take time to help you discern, okay, is this person just being an asshole? Is this person being triggered? Like I said before, obviously the first sign is if the reaction is much greater than the thing that's actually happening. That's the first sign. The other thing that you can ask yourself is, and you can ask yourself in this moment as well, you can ask yourself, okay, how old do I feel? Or what does this remind me of? If you're feeling like a lot of like that mom vibe dynamics, you know, you said you feel it in your face, you feel it in your head, like your mind races, your face gets hot. These are all going to be signs that you're getting triggered. If it's just like a, you know, you're annoyed, but you don't get like that same physical reaction or it doesn't bring you back to the dynamic with your mom. And you're like, this person's being an ass, whatever. (laughs) And you can just move on. And, you know, whether the person's being an ass or if it's actually, you know, an inner child thing, in that moment with that other person, the reaction is still the same. Appreciate your feedback. I'm not really open for, you know, that kind of advice right now. But if I, you know, am looking for it, I'll be sure to think of you in the future. I don't know. I kind of butchered that, but something along those lines. Thanks, but <laughs> type of thing. And then the internal work obviously will shift, you know, based on like, okay, is this just person being an asshole? Or if it's an inner child thing, then you know, okay there's more work to be done around nurturing myself, practicing, asking for help, you know, telling my little girl that it's okay to feel emotions, to, you know, do all the stuff that she was afraid to do with mom. But, you know, that would be work that you would do obviously on your own, not with this person who is giving you unsolicited feedback. Does that help? No, very much. It's very helpful. What did you learn today? I've learned that I have not dealt with some things that I thought I dealt with. For starters, I've learned that I am not as vulnerable as I thought I was, despite reading books on vulnerability. And I've learned about this concept of remothering myself, which I did not even think of. But a lot of sense because I don't think that I know what a mothering relationship looks like or feels like. Mm-hmm. I think that's your head telling you that. I think that, you know, I think whether someone is actual, like a biological mother in life or not, or chooses, you know, that path or not, I think caring for another human is fairly innate. It's fairly natural, I think, you know, unless like you're a sociopath, which I don't think you are. <laughs> I think it's just normal to care about other humans. I mean, you know, I think humans have the the pack mentality, right? I mean, that's how we were way back in the day, <laughs> right? And so just notice if there's stories around like, well, I don't know this because, you know, I didn't have that growing up. Like, okay, so yes, maybe there are some parts of you 
that are underdeveloped, but it's not like you know or you don't know what being nurturing looks like. If nothing else, like, you know, TV, movies, yeah, reality shows, <laughs> hometown dates on The Bachelor, just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, not to say that these are all like good representations or fair representations, but, you know, we can begin to deduce and also just get rid of the story that, oh, we don't know how to do something or it's hard because ultimately that ends up being the actual block rather than the block being, I didn't get that when I was little. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I hope this was helpful. Yeah, so helpful. Thank you so much for all of your guidance and for making the time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Ayla, for coming on to the show. I so appreciate this question and your vulnerability. So Ayla wants to know if she's being triggered or if someone is simply being crappy. And if she is being triggered, what to do about it. And I can't emphasize enough how important it is that feeling upset, angry, pissed, sad, whatever, it's not always because of your inner child wounds and your own stuff. Sometimes people are just freaking assholes. And I know that wasn't the case with Ayla, but it feels important to say because of the prominence of emotional abuse and gaslighting, you feeling angry or upset isn't always because it's your own stuff and it's not always on you. Sometimes people are freaking assholes and no amount of inner child work is going to prevent you from feeling hurt. And in this case, it turns out the answer is that it's a bit of both. You know, sometimes someone can say something to you and it's cruel or it crosses a boundary and it can also be triggering because it might just be that one little spot just like with Ayla. Now, Ayla didn't get the mothering and nurturing that she needed. And while she didn't have the mom she wanted, she at least on the surface healed the relationship she had as an adult with her. Now, this is why I always say it's so important to look at adult you and child you. I hear from many of you that you say you have a good relationship with your mom or dad now, but that you did it when you were little, but you thought inner child work didn't apply to you because of today's mended relationship. Well, again, unless you actually did the deeper work with your parents in healing the relationship, if you only healed the surface level stuff, which is what Ayla did with her mom, it in no way fills the voids and heals the wounds from childhood. Now, we didn't talk about Ayla's father today, but I would be curious because it seems like this pattern happens mainly with women. She seems to be okay being vulnerable with her fiance, and he seems to be a really great guy, and it seems to be a wonderful relationship. But with other female friends, it seems like this is where she struggles. And this is also normal. If you feared your dad growing up, for example, you might fear men as an adult. There is wounding that may have happened, but also more generally, you tend to create beliefs about men and women based on your experience that you had with your mom and dad, because for most people, that is the first woman and the first man that you knew. So in other words, there are tons of layers to this. And honestly, with Ayla, if we had more time, we could just keep digging and digging to see what else came up. Now, I'm not going to lay out my steps like I normally do, because honestly, that could go in so many different ways. I could talk about steps to healing the mother wound, steps to understanding a trigger, steps to dealing with the trigger. So instead, I want to leave you with four big takeaways. Number one, and I've said this again, but I really cannot say it enough. Sometimes someone is being an asshole and sometimes you're being triggered. Sometimes it's both. How do you know? Well, your body will tell you. 
Does this feel like a pattern that always happens or does it feel different? Does it feel something that's like unfamiliar? If it feels like it's a pattern, if it feels like that feeling you always get in your chest or the pit of your stomach, that's most likely you being triggered, right? Because it reminds you of something that's happened before or you felt this way before. If it's a different kind of feeling, you're like, huh, like, what is this? Like, I don't understand this. This has never happened before. That's probably someone being more of an asshole. And it's not because of you. You didn't do anything wrong or bad. It's because sometimes people are behaving like that because of their own stuff. and It has nothing to do with you and no communication skills, no amount of inner child work. None of that stuff is going to prevent people from treating certain people in certain ways. Number two. If you've healed a relationship with one or both parents, or at least get along now in adulthood, that does not necessarily mean you've healed the inner child wound. Remember, inner child wounding creates a lot of your subconscious beliefs and ultimately your behaviors. And so if that has still largely stayed intact, even with that better relationship with mom or dad in adulthood, a lot of those behaviors and patterns are still going to exist because nothing's really been done to address the unconscious emotional Trauma, behaviors, limiting beliefs, all that kind of stuff. Number three, independence is a complete myth. Now, we didn't talk about this very much in the episode. I do have a podcast where I coached Kelsey on independence. And if you feel like you're really independent and you take pride in it and you actually think it's beginning to force you to shut other people out, I really want you to listen to that episode. We'll put that in the show notes. But I just want to say here right now, you are not weak by asking for help and you're not any better because you can do things by yourself. In fact, you're probably less better off because you're probably more stressed and staying in a cycle of not getting help leaves you isolated from other people in your life. So freaking ask for help. You don't become vulnerable by reading a bunch of Brene Brown. Yes, read her books. I love her books. I love Brene Brown. But then you actually have to be vulnerable and be willing to go out on that limb. It's not weak, it's strong. And it's the foundation of any relationship. And number four, being vulnerable doesn't mean being vulnerable with everyone. Most of us have a fear of vulnerability. And instead of using that fear to build a fortress around yourself, Use it to discern who is safe to be vulnerable with and who it's not safe to be vulnerable with. I find that a lot of my clients think that to practice trust and to practice vulnerability, they have to just go out and trust the next person and be vulnerable with the next person that they go on a date with. And that's not true at all. And that can actually be very, very harmful because you might have chosen the wrong person to be trusting or vulnerable with, right? You have to use your discernment. And so use that fear to discern as to whether or not someone is trustworthy or safe to be vulnerable with rather than building up that wall and shutting everybody out. All right. Before we close out the episode today, I just want to remind you to please leave a quick rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. It means so much to me. It's really helpful in getting this show out to more women just like you. So if this show has helped you in big or small ways in your relationships or getting over an ex or doing your own work in whatever ways, I would love to hear about it. So all you do is on your podcast player, scroll down till you see some stars, tap the stars. And then if you've got an ex extra 30 seconds, 60 seconds, you can leave a quick review. I read them all and it really helps me to know what you love about the show so that I can do more of it. And if you listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, I think you can leave reviews there. I'm not sure about Spotify, actually. Hopefully it should be pretty clear on whatever app you're using. But if you want some help, let me know. I actually created some videos on how to leave reviews on places other than iTunes. So if you want those videos, let me know and I can send that to you so that you can leave a review. Just send me an email at veronicagrant.com forward slash contact or a DM on Instagram, Veronica E. Grant, and let me know you want that and I will hook you up. 
All right, my dear, thank you so much. And I will see you next week with a brand new episode. And I think you're really going to love this one. It's all about what this woman gave up for Lent one year. And I think you could probably take some guesses and you probably already guessed right. It's going to be a good one. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.